back. How's everybody doing? Welcome to another episode of Pock Talk. This is episode 11. Before we start, I do want to talk a little bit about everything that the folks down in Mexico and Puerto Rico are going through. Although I personally don't have any family uh, down in Mexico or in Puerto Rico, we here at Pock Talk do stand in solidarity with our brothers and sisters out there. I know they're having a rough time. A close friend of mine is helping out with the relief efforts. He's personally buying and donating resources to families in need. Uh, So if you want to get involved uh, or you want to donate to his GoFundMe campaign, which is trending right now, I'll share that that link in our show notes. If you tuned in last week and you heard Bricia's episode, uh, she also has a resource that you can donate to. So we'll share that as well. I don't know anyone doing similar work out in Puerto Rico, but if you do, send us a message and we'll share. Jason Chu joins us today. He is a hip-hop artist, a poet, a public speaker, an activist, and he is on a mission to speak hope, healing, and justice in a broken world. We talked about cultural identity, his journey from Chicago to Delaware to Connecticut to Beijing, and finally all the way down to the City of Angels. He's been featured on... Numerous publications like the Huffington Post, the LA Times, the China Daily, Angry Asian Men, Sino TV, and several other outlets. Jason is part of an artist collective known as Beijing Boys. I encourage you all to check out their new video, Mad Jong. They just hit a million views on Facebook. So shout out to Beijing Boys. Keep killing it. We want to say congratulations to Jason on his recent wedding. And I hope you're having a blast on your honeymoon. We wish you and your lady all the best. This is a really fun conversation, and I think you're all going to enjoy it. We learned a lot about uh, Jason's life, uh, and you will too. We actually had to split this episode into two, so uh, I'm going to be playing part one now, and we'll release part two of the episode next week. So tune in for that to hear the end of that conversation. It was just too good, and we were having too much fun. But anyway, without further ado, this is Jason Chu, and this is episode 11 of Pop Talk. This is delicious guacamole. It is. It really you like you fucks with it? No, I mm-hmm. made it. Guacamole. I did not make it. I made it. Because I'm a Spanish. No. <laughs> I lucky was not gonna buy it. Because mm-hmm. I don't. Tr- I don't always trust store bought. Um, I believe that. Yeah, mm-hmm. guacamole. Mm-hmm. And then I got to the thing and I was like, what? Seven dollars for guacamole? <laughs> Eight bucks for guacamole with tax? And I was like, you know what? I don't want it. And yeah. the guy was like, dude, if you make this guacamole in your own, it costs you fifteen bucks. And I was like, fuck. All right, I'll buy it. Is that true? I don't know. I, like, I, I have, no, I have like, no idea how many. DM, how many I thought both wrong. Like, you just said that, and you. But you know what though? I did. Uh, I did hear that like, yeah. ready, like ready-made cooked food or made food that uh, that you buy at like Ravans or whatever mm-hmm. is cheaper because they ball. use. Well, no, because they use the uh, the ingredients that are older. Like if you buy a roasted chicken, it's cheaper than buying a whole chicken, a raw chicken, because the chicken's you know it's about to hit man. that sell by date. Yeah. So they're you know so they so they they bring they the price. Oh, bad avocados. I mean, I, I mean, those don't look bad. No, they're not bad. Not bad but I mean, not when you squish them up. The, the mm-hmm. say, a lot of people are like, you know, taken aback by the by the sell by dates. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. But I'm okay. good though. People still, look color, we don't look at that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I go for whatever's cheap. If it ain't tastes wrong, it's fine. You That's, know true. What I'm That's true. <laughs> you know what the? No, for some but reason, if you know him, even if it tastes wrong, he's still going. Does this smell right to you? Nah, bro. <laughs> I should be fine. It's still 50-50 then. should be fine. It's still 50-50 yeah. then. Like, if you have to ask, it's still okay. Yeah. If everyone in the room is like, no, mm-hmm. then it's bad. I got some brews. You want some brews? Oh, hell yeah. 
Let's definitely do this. It's like we're now or not. Yeah. Oh, well, let's, right? we'll, we'll come back around. We'll come back I know, around. Let's go back to the beginning. Let's let's hit it. Let's hear your story, man. Let's hear it out. Thanks, bro. Go go for it. Cool. Um, yeah. So I was born. Then I made music. No. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Coming man. Back around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Born, I made music, and now Beijing Boys is how I go. Oh yeah, man. What what uh? What's the format? What's everything? Just you just, 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 just hit go. it, dude. Just, just hit go. it. Yeah. Just hit it. Yeah. Do me a favor. Yeah. Tell me a story. Tell me your story. Uh, oh god, I, dude. I'm old, man. I got a lot of stories. <laughs> yeah. uh, I hear you're a storyteller. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, a chief, a chief storyteller. If oh, that. chief storyteller. <laughs> Let me nice. think. Um, my story. Uh, so born here, right? Yeah, well, born in Chicago. Born oh, in Chicago. Yeah, dude. yeah. I love that yeah. city, man. I oh, I do. So I was born in Chicago. Then I actually we moved away when I was three. Okay. Mm. So I was born in Chicago. I grew up in Delaware. Um, so I'm Chinese American. Well, so even that actually. Let, let's if, if we talk about let's stories go back. Let's go and, back. and people, <laughs> let's even, even rewind, <laughs> which is so which like is three centuries ago. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, yeah. Before you even. No, came right. Back. No, that that's such a that's such a person of color thing, man. <laughs> like, it's like it don't start with us, right? It really doesn't, go, right? Right? It right. Does it. Right. It does <laughs> not start with us. Mm. Even if so, you don't have color. Oh yeah, man. That's saying that little that little splashback, right? The beer yeah. floats. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So um, so my parents are both Chinese, but my mom was born in Malaysia, and okay. my dad was born in Thailand. Whoa. And then yeah, that's already like right. Yeah. So they already. So and what I've realized is like I'm even different from a lot of Chinese people in America mm. because like it's not like I think my parents are used. They grew up used to being like you know not in their home country. You know what I'm saying? Whereas, yeah. like, they had to adapt. Already. Do you think exactly. dis- is there a disconnect? Do you feel it? between them and me, or between, between them uh, and the Chinese culture and you? And I, I feel like because yeah. it, it's so like like a Chinese uh-huh. diaspora sort of thing. Very much so. Damn. Very very much. So. And this is actually something that comes up in a lot of my work, or, or or in a lot of my talks and a lot of my thinking is that what does it mean to be like Chinese American, right? Because like I don't necessarily uh, have a super strong connection to China. But at the same time, I'm starting to realize, like, you know, there's all these small things that are still, that I am still very Chinese and learning to own that. But but all that going to say, so like... So where, mm-hmm. where does your Chinese lineage, I guess, end? Yeah, so... Or begin, uh, or begin right? Is that what <laughs> right. it means? End? What? Ends going end, in that direction. Right, right. Yeah, where yeah, did you leave yeah. yeah. China? Where, mm-hmm. yeah. That's what we want to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Uh, we need to anchor it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my uh, dad's dad was a journalist. Uh, he was a writer, actually. So at my grandma's place. Also, right like, your blood, bro. They yeah. come from like creativity, yeah. man. Yeah, like, you that's, that's, your blood. that's really dope to me. I, and that's I, awesome. it's funny because I didn't realize it growing up, but now, especially what I do, I think it's pertinent, you know. But uh, so he was a journalist, and so the reason he actually got out uh, beyond you know the reach of communism and all the things that all the very anti-intellectualist things, anti-art things that were going on in China was he was stationed in Thailand. For the China Daily, for, grandpa, for the right? magazine, yeah, yeah. Okay. So my dad's dad uh, was a journalist and a writer, and so he, when things were crazy in the '40s and '50s, um, that whole time, like he was actually out in Thailand and wound up staying there. And so my grandmother was born in Thailand, but she's like Chinese descent. So like on that side, um, my grandfather is from this uh, this province called Lanzhou, um, and then he left China. And uh, lived and died in Thailand. And then my dad and his two brothers were born and grew up in Thailand as Chinese kids. Did they so, have to learn 
all the language and culture. Yeah, and so yeah. They so they actually it? speak Thai and Chinese. Jeez. Uh, and Chinese because you're at, you learned that at home. Well, yeah, well, they yeah, can, yeah. Okay. Oh, I see. So yeah. Shit. Damn, dude. Yeah. That and, is some major. And then my dad went to international school, so he also learned it. So, English. so my parents both speak English fluently. You know, so it's it's this whole weird background, and that's that's why I love. Like uh, challenging a lot of things because I feel like there's you know like as with all of our backgrounds ethnic backgrounds there's like dominating stories, but there's also a lot of people who live different than that you know um, but yeah so so my dad was born in Thailand went to international school and then came here for college uh, and then same for my mom in Malaysia but for her her family dates back three or four generations, um, so they came to Malaysia from China in like the 1800s. And I don't know if, if uh, you know, not a lot of people, some people know this, not all people know this, that in Southeast Asia, like, basically, man, Chinese are, like, the colonizers of Southeast Asia. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, Chinese... Well, there's a lot of you. <laughs> yeah, dog. And they just were, like, jackasses <laughs> to everyone, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was never it just a We just starts overflowing. So they, you know, like, like, and that's a whole other thing about Asian identity or Asian American identity is, mm-hmm. like... You know, I definitely, like, have experienced oppression or racism and all that. But I also feel like we got to be very careful and aware of knowing that, like, even... Like, like right, the whole, like, checking your own privilege. Yeah, dude, we talk about that That has been right said time, a lot, that's, man. That's, right? like, literally yeah. one of the mm-hmm. common themes that come up in our in our show. That's there, awesome. Yeah, because yeah. we yeah. all have certain privileges, yeah. whether exactly. you're colored or not, or wherever mm-hmm. you come from. We're in America, and, like, we still live differently than everybody else. And yeah. we got to think about it. I mean, right. but, but you're talking about even... even before, Yeah, mean, even even there, right? Because, like, yeah. so, so she grew up... Like, right, like, being Chinese in Malaysia... Or the Philippines mm. or Cambodia is just like being, you know, like it, it's not just like, but it's very similar to being, you know, like white in America, right? Because yeah. you're still mm. seen you're the as majority, like, and you have, exactly quote unquote you're the colonizers, like you said. Yeah, right? you're classy. You got culture. You're educated. Right. Usually got more money. Like mm. in Indonesia, right? Like there's a lot of anti-Chinese sentiment oh. because it's all these Chinese quote unquote Christians who come in and own banks and own like big companies. Versus, like the local Indonesians, are like the oppressed majority. Wow, wow. So there's an oppr- there's you know? wow. Yeah, so it's it's very trippy. Where like so she my mom grew up with a lot of wealth and privilege in her family, mm. um, but then uh, she came over here, same thing for college, right? And you know made that jump in the seventies. Nice. Uh, so yeah, so already like even and, and this is exactly like you're saying, Naldo. Like you know, before my story, like the whole story was already you know the pieces was already yeah, set. Well, yeah. does, so does your mom identifies as Chinese. Yeah, even they, though but, even though like yeah, how does that, 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 yeah how does, well, because I don't well, know I don't know five <laughs> generations past. Like I mean, I know yeah. all my parents are Guatemalan, but I don't know I my great 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 grandma. I mean Spanish like, and it, probably it, I mean, my last name is Gomez. <laughs> uh, my mom's last name is Gomez. My dad's last name is Aguilar. But I mean, like we identify as. Latino or Hispanic, like ethnically, but we're born here. So, like right. nationally, we're yeah, American. I mean, I mean, I yeah. Straight so, up. so I think mm-hmm. that's 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 like heritage and cultural wise, it's Chinese. But I'm, I'm just curious. I'm, I'm curious yeah. to know like yeah. how nas- yeah, yeah, yeah. how mm-hmm. your how your mom was able to hold on to that for so so many. Oh, how your mom's family was able to hold on to that for so many generations. How they still identified as Chinese, even though they had yeah, I guess built a, a life yeah. around. I mean, in, they in obviously valued it right because they kept the language. Yeah. Right. That, that's, well, and so that's she the tie, actually right? she actually don't speak a lot of Chinese. Oh. <laughs> so we, I mean, we grew up speaking English. She she same thing like international school. Mm. But, I mean, there there's kind of two answers to that. The immediate answer 
is that I actually don't see her identifying too much. Like, low-key, I think I identify more as Chinese than she does. Huh. Right? Because for hmm. me, it's like this... Like revisiting it's an identity, yeah, yeah. yeah you're trying, trying to hold on. You're trying to hold on to that. roots, right? exactly. Yeah, no, right. And I think that's a big thing in our generation. It is because you want to like, connect with something le- like, le- you know what I mean. You want to uh-huh. connect with something that's bigger than you, whether that yeah. be, and that goes beyond. I think, yeah. what you know, what I mean. I mean, we're all American, but we still want it transcends to, this box that you're, or this like, um, like this whole thing, right? You, you, we're American, right? But then mm-hmm. you want to be able to connect to something, so like we connect to our Latin roots, or we keep our language. Not 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 every Hispanic, you know what I mean? Right. Know, okay, so but you, I don't. Never mind. I won't say it. No, I have a <laughs> I had a story that that I, that I wanted to bring up because you oh, just yeah. reminded me. So I remember. So my parent my parents have a housekeeping business, and mm-hmm. I remember there was this one incident where my where you know so they work with a lot of their very very uh, wealthy yeah. for a lot of well, very healthy wealthy hollywood people and shit and a lot like, of healthy and wealthy healthy and wealthy, yeah, 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 wealthy, wealthy. it's all organic one leads to the other it's it's a clean it's, it's a green hor- clean yeah. Yeah. horizon milk bro like that mm. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway they so so I remember this one time my my dad was talking about like I think it was like Thanksgiving or it was like I don't know some big holiday that was coming up, probably Christmas or something and then we were talking about like traditions or whatever you know and they were talking and we were talking about you know I don't remember what the specifics were but I just remembered that my dad was mentioning like a like a, a, a one of our traditions mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I think it could have been tamales I don't know let's just say it was tamales <laughs> yeah. but it, but he he said I remember the, the word that he used was we Mexicans. And we're not Mexican at all. And like when he said that, I was fucking yeah. shook, dude. Yeah. I was legit. I was like, what? And then I asked him. I was like, afterwards, I was like, why the fuck did you just say we're Mexican? Mm-hmm. Like, you know how much I I tell people, like how hard I right, try to get people. Like, I'm not, not yeah. Mexican. Yeah. Like, we're not and, Mexican. And then there's he more like, of us. And, and he only said he was just like. I'm not gonna complicate things. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit there and explain. Mm-hmm. They don't know what that means. Yeah. They don't know what being yeah. Guatemalan. Is. <laughs> you, you just say Mexican. They get it. Yeah. It, I mean, but it was just. It was just this weird. No, exactly. Like our parents' generation. Almost. They're more just like. Ah, oh, don't worry about it. Like just. You just do what it, you gotta do. And we're a little more like. No, it's important to me to discover what this means, right? And to just, yeah, I guess just identify with it. Like, really, like, just hold on to that. And I, like, also, I also mm-hmm. feel like that's a level of privilege because our um, yeah. our parents' generations were more survival mode than we are. Dude, I use that phrase a lot, survival mode. Like, because that's, that's really that, like, first, second generation immigrant thing. Like, they, as long as they're surviving, they're yeah, happy. Yeah, they, they yeah. don't have the time you know? to, to soul search. Yeah. They gotta, <laughs> they gotta eat. Yeah. <laughs> they can't yeah. find themselves. <laughs> <laughs> it's true like my dad like he doesn't mm-hmm. worry about like you know if, if mental health or mm-hmm. stuff like that happens in the family because like mm-hmm. his first thing is I gotta bring home the bacon you know yeah definitely and, you know we have to make rent like that is not something in his radar but we as a newer generation have the privilege of you know growing up in a place where that is taking care care of for us and now we have, yeah, I guess our priorities so we, have shifted in a way. I yeah, so we uh, have the, the space um, to think about these things. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Like, I think it's it's really interesting. And I, I think about this a lot with my family, right? Because my parents, they don't think or talk a lot about being Asian American or Chinese American or Chinese diaspora. But I do. And, like, low-key, I think that it's kind of cool, though, that we get to do this. Because it's not like, I, I don't think it's not that they don't want to. You know, I think, like you're saying, it's that other things took precedence. And then, like, the fact that we can do it, it's like we get to do the work that they couldn't. You know what I'm saying? Like, we get to take up 
a part of their burden uh, that probably their whole life, like, you know, like, my folks were, you know, here in the 70s and 80s. That was a crazy time to be Chinese in America. Fuck. You know what I'm saying, right? Like, and it's always, like, same, like, you know, like, so much, like, different anti-immigrant sentiment and anti-Latino, Latina sentiment, like, and they just had to, like, kind of just, like, work through it because they were raising families or whatever. But we get to do, and that's exactly why we, I do the music, actually, low-key, is that, um, like, I don't, I don't know if we've talked about this because, you know, you and I are friends, um, but the reason I do music is actually for this purpose of, like, exploring this identity. Because, like, low-key, if, if, if music was just fun for me, I wouldn't be doing it full-time. Because, like, man, there's so many other things that I could do in my life. Yeah. But I went into music. There was a very conscious decision to be like, oh, shoot, man. Like, I could do this work that I think other people in my community need. But they're, even still now, but definitely, like, six, seven years ago... It wasn't when did like, you start doing music? Uh, so I started rapping when I was like 15. Okay. Um, but I went school. full-time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went full-time uh, five years. I moved to L.A. five years ago to do music. Where, from Delaware? Uh, so I was living in Bay. So I, I was in Delaware. Okay, then so I went to... Then. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was in Delaware, graduated, uh, went to college in Connecticut, was there for Where'd six years. you go, years. UConn? I went to Yale. Okay. Went oh, to shit. Yale. Yeah. Damn. Damn. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, Whoa. yeah. So I I did that. Then I was what a stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> no, and so low key, man. This is the funniest thing, though, is that like I I said this in a workshop last week. Like I lived a very model minority looking life up until like you know whenever, cause like uh, they're like fuck yeah, this. Man. Yeah, no, I'm dude, a musician. Dude, it was crazy, man. I was that very much like I was like just very nerdy, very like. Straight laced, doing what you were told. Mild, to. right? Like I was always a, I always liked, you know, I always had like a very loud personality, but I was never like, you know, like literally no one in high school would have been, like, oh yeah, just go do music. <laughs> you know, everyone was like, okay, this dude's, he's gonna be successful, but he's probably gonna be a professor, right? Or he's gonna be like a researcher. Everyone, I went to a math and science school. You okay, know? Nice. So damn. I, yeah, I went to a magnet school. I went to the Ivy League. Um, wow. And then I went into nonprofit work. Uh, was what I did. So that's all, you know, a pretty, like... Right. They yeah. understood their music. Yeah, so that's the thing, though. Like, and everyone knew... Like, that was the one thing that kind of gave me flavor. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> one thing I had... Square with edges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the razor square. Yeah. yeah. No, but that was literally the one thing that I had other than... Uh, like, yeah, uh, other than everything I did in high school, it was, like, science Olympiad, science fair, math. Like, I was math league captain, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was yeah. crazy. Like, I went to a school. It was very nerdy. It was, a, it, was a, it was a magnet school. And so at our academic awards banquet, they gave out varsity letters for, like, subjects. It was nice. crazy, man. That's like, awesome. Yes. That's cool, man. That's actually kind of cool. Like, yeah. I, yeah I, well, I, dude, bro, I was yeah. in... I mean, I was in robotics. Dude, <laughs> oh, you did yeah. first? I did, did first. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah, we, we actually did an episode on first, too. Hey. Yeah, yeah. I was dude, in first. I, I did first at two capacities. <laughs> I did the Lego and the high school. Mm-hmm. And shoot, I'm an engineer. Mindstorms. So. Yeah. Bro, you know what? I, I just want to want to touch on this really quickly. Um hmm we talked about this in an episode where, and I want to know if it's the same thing, like the, the same reason Word. why you stayed in academia and why you kind of maybe um, went through that that kind of uh, that path mm-hmm. of like the good kid, good grades, you know, Word. cutting, you know, cutting clean and dry and stuff. Because I feel like we all kind of did that, you know? And yeah. We, we, yeah. And like, there's a lot of pressure. I know personally there's a lot of pressure in my family because mm. I was first generation, because mm. I was someone mm. of color, because 
I'm giving, I'm, we're giving you this opportunity because we sacrificed our shit so you can go. You know oh, what definitely. I mean? Oh, and definitely. It's, and it's yeah. almost like a guilt words. factor, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you're right. You so, have a choice. Definitely. So it's yeah. like, yeah. So, so like for me, it was always like, oh, you got an A? So how come you didn't get the A plus? You know? Or for Brian, it was like, um, you're not top of that class. Yeah. <laughs> or like, oh, that's your, tr- you tried your hardest. You know, that's fine. That's you can do whatever you want. <laughs> You can do whatever. It's your life. It's your life. Except yeah. we, didn't, we didn't even hear that. We didn't even get right. that. We didn't even get the disclaimer. We just got yeah, the right, like, right, right. so why aren't you doing better? That's all. I know, just don't get. Padding. I just don't get why you couldn't get the plus. I just don't. I just don't and we're like, I, I, I didn't sleep. I didn't. I did all uh-huh. the. And, yeah, and yeah. you're like, yeah, no, I know. You did a good job. But I just feel like you weren't trying your hardest. Mm. And, Johnny, you know got, Johnny got an A plus. Right? Mm. Right? So like so 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 my question is for you is mm. is did you feel that pressure? And and if you did feel that pressure, like how did it how did it come across? You know, and is and is yeah. that why you went did, into how that? How did it manifest? That's yeah. a great question. Man, that's that and that's definitely some person of color type thing. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, that's I mean, definitely that's, like our Because you're like, stories. yo, yeah. you are different. Mm-hmm. Than mm-hmm. the majority, and, and and let's be honest, like it's not even about race. It's just like white people came here first; they ruled. So you yeah. need to be better than everybody. So you, you got to work twice as hard. Yeah. So that was the right. feeling, right? So mm-hmm. it, is that is that similar in your situation, or is that you know? Because I feel like that's a very common story, right? <clears throat> yeah. So it's it's very very similar, like exactly identical. Uh, I think the one difference is that I've always been really. Uh, <laughs> willful you know i've always been really uh, not rebellious necessarily but just very like i do what i want yeah (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. and like and um yeah i think my parents okay so actually it was very much like that all the way up until junior year and then junior year just my mom and i fought so much yeah high school we just fought so much and like uh like you know she's like so this is very well Actually, you know what? I think people would be surprised, but I think there's more of this in Asian, like, families than we let on. You know what mm. I'm saying? Because Asian families, as with, I think, a lot of immigrant families, were very good at presenting a good face to outsiders. You know? Oh, you have they, to. Right? Oh right? You have to. You, you can't, exactly. show, you can't right? show the fucked upness because then, <laughs> yeah. because then what happens is everyone else goes, oh, they, then family. the stereotyping, yeah. then you don't yeah, want to fall right. into the stereotype, right? Yeah. You want to rise yeah. above the stereotype. And that's what yeah. the, the immigrant family wants to do, right? Very much so. Yeah. So, so it was, it was, but you know, yeah. So like, you know, a lot of people, like a lot of Asian families, there's just a lot of strife, a lot of tension between, you know, parents and kids and everything. Yeah. Generations and even between themselves, so, you know, like, and so we, uh, that junior year, it was crazy, man. We was fighting a lot, kicked out of the house for a week, oh, like shit. all that kind of stuff. And, um, real. Yeah, but literally it got to the point where I was just going so buck wild that sh- that that buck wild. at the time I thought I'd broken them and maybe that's what it is, but later I discovered that like she and my dad they had a very conscious conversation. They came to this conclusion of like, man, if this kid, you know, like we would rather not continue to drive him away. So, you know, uh, shout outs to them. Majorly shout That's pretty I, I conscious, know, dude. That is. Yeah, like 99% of families, yeah. Asian, you know, whatever families. But they went to college, too. So they, they yeah. had a little bit more of a, a so, bit more of an understanding of, of American culture, too. And It's very, like, yeah, neither of them speak with an accent. Uh, both of them, you know, like, are very much, like, diverse friends. I grew up with, like, black people and white people. How was and, your like, school? Jews and Jews. Mm-hmm. Uh, my school, the way I always put it is... We had diversity, just not a lot of it. 
You know, so we had like one or two or three or four of everyone, but not many. You know what I'm saying? Like, what was the majority? Definitely white. Definitely a white majority. But it's like everyone had like, like there were black people, there were Indians, there were Vietnamese, Korean, Chinese. There was like there was one there was two Mexican kids. There's two Mexican kids in my There's grade. No flavor. Represent. Yeah, like just a little and keep in mind this is Delaware too. This is in Delaware. Yes, you know what true. I'm saying? So That's like true. Now hold up, were they Mexican for sure? Yeah. They're Guatemalan. No, yeah, that's true. They get no, I asked. They're Mexican. No, right, right, right. Ricardo and Guillermo were definitely <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, but like, you know, so like we had a lot of different things, but not a lot of those things, you know, which is Um, better than nothing. It was cool. It was cool. Like straight up. I grew up around a lot of people, but I would definitely still say the dominating culture was white American culture. Right. Right. right, right. You know, and so. So, uh, yeah. So I so I grew up in this kind of like straight up very American in ways. So it kind of like a. It was kind of like the the Trojan horse, you know what I'm saying? Like the Chinese culture was like <laughs> hidden. Got to put the front. You know yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like like it was like it was like oh yeah, we're just an American family. Right. And it's like oh, but by the way, you're gonna study SATs a lot. You know? <laughs> it's like, oh no, we just well, no, we 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 my mom like bakes bread and makes meatloaf, but then like by the way, we're gonna super like guilt you about grades. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So like yeah. It was so weird because there's always this disjunction or I'd always wonder and I, I get it now, but I'd always wonder growing up like everyone else like their their Christmas pre- their Christmas presents was always so much iller than ours. And it's not because we didn't have money, <laughs> but it's like my parents were just like, wow, would we spend like $100 on this kid? Right. But then all my like white friends in school were all like, oh, yeah, we got this action figure and my grandma bought me skis. I'm like, what? My grandma would never buy me skis. Skis not on her radar. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not a thing. That's not a category of expense. Um, yep. Yep. But but I realized that it was now I realize it's because we were Asian American, you know what I'm saying? But that was never right. the conversation growing it's up. It's a cultural thing. Yeah, but then and, and but then there was all these little things and what it was was ultimately I kind of just like t- like threw that off, uh especially with my parents and then and uh and they saw that it was like that they kind of had that choice. And I think that this is because they operate more in that American mentality. Oh, they at least under- yeah, they they can understand it better, right? Cuz they mm-hmm. lived it. Exactly right. Yeah, they had, and and they've had their own experiences of like coming to America and you know being right. in college, and right. I'm sure them with their parents. So uh, junior year was when it sort of flipped around, and then ever yeah. since they've been actually very uh, supportive, nice, and very much kind of like all right, you know. And and this was what she said to me at the time was like you know you've always gotten it done you haven't always gotten it done when we want you to, you know what I'm saying? She's yeah. like you might get the homework done the night before. Or right. the morning of, but you always get it done and you always do it well. Right. And so they were kind of like, all right, you know, hands off, like, we'll let you live or die. <laughs> you know what I'm you saying? Know what? Do you. Yeah. Do you, boo boo. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's been really cool. Like, you know, I still got in, obviously in good school, still alive. You went to a pretty good school. It's all yeah. Right. You know, they, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's okay. Yeah, like, how wild yeah. could you possibly be if you still got into Yale? I mean, See, and that's, that's the thing. <laughs> that's exactly like, like, what does that yeah. mean? They were like, yeah, yeah Buck Wild, we need this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's well, diversity right there. Yeah. Well, that's, and that's, that's the thing that, like, it's I've I've always had this very interesting role of like, okay, the best compliment I ever ever got 
was uh, sophomore year. Uh, Joe Davis. He was in my in my uh, in was my high school or, or college? Uh, high school. High shout, school? Out, okay. shout out to Joe Davis. Shout out to Joe, Joe Davis. Davis. <laughs> you know of Delaware, man, because uh, he was like you know he's just like a knucklehead, just like a, he's yeah uh, you know he's a good dude, but like kind of a knucklehead. Um, and we were in uh, Mrs. Gupta's uh, bio, or we we were in homeroom, uh, and you know. And he was like, yo, Jason, you know, man, you're, you're like, you, you're that smart dude that can talk to regular guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and, and, and I've remember, I've carried that with me for like half my life. You know what I'm saying? Nice. That's a boost of confidence. Yeah, nice. dude. Cause like, I was always that person, like I got how to go between a little bit, you know, I wasn't always good at it, at it. And it's caused me a lot of like questioning in my life, but I was always able to like, be straight A, be in AP classes, be, you know, captain of the whatever team, but then also just, like, talk about, like, cars or talk about, like, life or talk about just, like, you know, music with dudes who weren't, as opposed to my friends I knew who were more, like, segregated out into one or the other. And And, navigate both spaces. Yeah, yeah, and that's been really cool, and that's very much what I still see my work as. And you have to as an artist if you're trying to reach a wide audience to to, to reach, get that message out there. Exactly, because I still definitely consider myself an activist, but I also consider myself like an artist, like a real artist, you know, not... Not not like not an educator slash artist, but like an art. You know, like I oh. I want people like turning up at the shows. You know, I want people like like people don't gotta engage mind first mm. with some with some of my stuff they do. Yeah, with other of my stuff, I just want them to feel it. And I think that that's when I moved to L.A. Like I said, that was my vision for music because I looked around and you know like I you know I used to like work in churches and all that yep. and whatever it was whether it was church or it was justice or whatever I felt like there was a lot of talking past you know like like so much of music in church uh, I'd sit there in church and I'd listen to the music and I'd be like this is cool but it's like if you are already bought in it's just like encouraging you to be more bought in but if you haven't bought in there's nothing in this to tell you like here's why this matters yeah you know, or same with a lot of justice-based music, I think. Like, that's why I love, like, my buddy uh, is the lead, uh, like, the front man of Las Cafeteras. Oh, get um, the fuck out yeah. of here, bro. Yeah, Hector. That's 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 dude. that dude right there, Hector Flores. Yeah. Why does the world keep getting smaller? <laughs> right, right. It low-key does, dude. Las yeah. Cafeteras. So, you know, and dude, that's... Richard's all about... We have a Word. friend that's really that's like their intern or whatever. But anyway, yeah, Word. go ahead, go ahead, man. But so right, small, like that's small. that's what I see them doing, and yeah. that's what I yeah, see, yeah, yeah. and, and low key, that's what I see so many uh, cultures and ethnic groups doing is making revolutionary music by making music that just people like. Yeah, you know, and I was like, man, I want to do that. You know, I don't want to make pe- music people digest with their minds. Right. I want to make music that people just love it, and loving it fuels the revolution. Uh-huh. So I've always had that like high low blend, you know. Nice. Uh, and you have to, because I mean, not everyone's gonna look at it the same way. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. So you have to you have to walk in between, and I think that's super important as an artist too, man, because you've got to communicate with. Well, I mean, it depends on your goal, right? Yeah. Because there's some there's some people that you know just want to create music for themselves, and that's cool too, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. And they don't want to reach a larger audience, but you know, it depends on the the audience you want to reach and and really finding that uh, i don't know if it's so much as a niche as it is like a a formula maybe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like your sound like you were talking about earlier you know yeah yeah but yeah man that's that's freaking awesome so how, anyway, when did you get to LA yeah yeah so i moved so i was so so then uh so i was working uh for 4 years after i graduated i was i was at Yale still i was helping younger students and then i moved to china and i was living in beijing for 2 years and that's where so this ring right here <laughs> 
uh, this one right here. This was my rap group in China. So low key, man, if it wasn't for going <coughs> to Beijing, I wouldn't be doing hip hop right now. Um, man, nice. Because when I, I studied abroad there and I met this group of local dudes who were all like rappers and skateboarders and weed dealers and they all just like hung out and made music and did shows. Yes. And then when I moved back there to work. That's such a, like an L.A. Yeah. You L.A. group in Beijing. We skateboards and rats. That's what brought you to L.A. Yeah, no, like, and, and we got pollution. And we got pollution. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, you got bad pollution. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, low-key. Uh, Beijing 100% prepared me for LA because nice. like yes. the traffic's worse and the pollution's worse. <laughs> so I move here and I'm like, oh, this is great, man. Easy, easy. Yeah. And there's more weed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like I was out there um, just hanging with them dudes, and I had this very juxtaposition of like, man, this is do-, you know like working in church and then on the weekends like doing these rap shows nice. or like there was literally one day I was at like a photo shoot for an album cover. Then I took a taxi over to the church and led, like, a small group. Like, it was all that, like, but it was so me, you know what I'm saying? Like, that was the first time in my life that I think I really embraced artistry because I had a community around me, you know what I'm saying? Like, at Yale, it was, like, I had other rappers I hung out with, but, like, like I didn't know nobody, especially, you know, Asians at Yale who were, like, and it's probably changed since, I don't know, but definitely in my circles, nobody was like, yeah, this is what you should do or this is what you could do. But what'd you study? Uh, philosophy. Oh, shit. Philosophy. Ooh, yeah. That's a great, yeah. that's that's a great, great major, major. <laughs> man. Yeah. What'd your parents say when you told them you're studying philosophy? Uh, they go, no, like, what they said, no, what they said was like, okay, but like, you know, it's good to have like a fallback. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but, but, yeah. My fallback's rap. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's so funny, man, because I've had all these states. All right, so I told them, I'm a philosophy <laughs> major, and they were like, "All right, but just make sure you've got to, you know, something." And then I told them, um, "I'm gonna go into ministry," and they're like, "Okay, just make sure you got to follow, you know." And I was like, "I'm gonna go to music," and same thing. They're still just like, "Oh, make, you know, like I've just kept taking these little progressive steps further and further out." Um, but but yeah, so so I was I, I took that step out there, and it was so dope though because you know there were these local Chinese like. Like, they weren't, they're not bad dudes, you know, they're not gangsters. Like, I've met gangsters in China, they're not gangsters, you know, but they're, like, definitely, like, street-type dudes, you know, like, uh, just hustlers, like, you know, selling clothes, selling all this stuff. And they were the ones who really supported me. They were like, yo, man, like, love your music, you should do this, like, you should do this. Like, you know, we'd sit there at my buddy's apartment writing verses, and they'd be like, oh, what does this mean in Chinese? And, uh, like, you know, and we just, it was my first experience or you know like what a lot of well actually that's not true my senior year at Yale I had a group of buddies who all worked in the cafeteria and it was all local dudes from New Haven you know like New Haven's actually a very black city uh so like it was just a bunch of like local dudes who were in the hood in New Haven and worked at Yale and like we just became homies and because I was a student I had access to the recording studio so what we do is like you know like we just hang out like in the afternoon I was done with classes I just go by the the freaking um the the dining hall and we talk about like Jordans or talk about like music or talk about like culture <clears throat> and then we'd like write verses together and get in the studio and man still like the best freestyler I know is like this dude from from New Haven and and he's actually popping off in his rap career shout outs to Shimo Ooh, like Shimo, he's shout yeah out. yeah no he's doing his thing still nice, man it's nice. cool like he's a well known rapper in his city. And I'm out here doing my thing and touring, and it's it's really cool. But it started with, like, him being in uh, – yeah, he was working there, and I was studying there, and then we would record together. 
So that was really, that was really, you know, like I had a, a rap group at Yale and that was cool. But this was the first time I met dudes who are like, yo, rap is like what we want to do. Yeah. You know, not just like, this is a cool hobby. or are oh, serious about it. Yeah, exactly. Like we're actually into it. Trying exactly. to immerse themselves in that world. Like, yeah. You found your world yeah. there, dude. That's what, That was it. For real. For real. At Yale. Yeah, no, but <laughs> well, in the Dunning Hall. not even at Yale. It was, yeah. no, it was I know. the, I guess, the, in that, in that, the back community, dude, right? Side of Yale, I guess. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. the underground, yeah. the Yale underground. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> and, that's, and that's why I really love that thing that, you know, Joe Davis told me back in like 10th grade. Because like, that's been a very true thing my whole life. Is like I'm the dude with you know certain access to certain things or certain background or certain uh, credentials, but who doesn't just stay in that and has gotten a really a chance to be in some interesting rooms, whether that's you know the dining hall at Yale or that's uh, in Beijing. You know, like in Beijing, the way it started was I studied abroad, and I was out uh, in a shopping mall one day, you know, and I was wearing a Bay hoodie. That I bought this bootleg joint that I bought on the street, <laughs> and I heard this dude be like, "Oh damn, where you get that?" <laughs> and I looked around, and it was this big Chinese dude with dreadlocks, and he became like my best friend. He's still he's in Japan now, running a clothing line, but that's my best friend. And we we it just started literally by him seeing that, and because he had the matching shorts in his shop, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? it was the cotton candy camo bape like hoodie, nice. and then he had the shorts. <laughs> And so we just, and, and we just started talking and he's like, oh, that's cool, man. And I was like, oh, yeah. And like, I was, I was like, oh, yeah, I rap. And then literally he was, it was, it was, a, it was the like. <laughs> that was destiny. You know what I'm saying? No, it was that joint where it was like, oh, I rap. He's like, oh, I rap too. And then he put on a beat and then we freestyled <laughs> oh in his little shop. Like this time, like, as like half, a third the size of this room, but just packed full of like Bape and Supreme and all this stuff. And, uh, and so that became my, my ace in Beijing. And so, and the next week he was like, oh, come back next, you know, let's record. So then I came back the week after, and then this dude was like, all right, uh, I take you to my home. I was like, God damn, man, what? <laughs> man. <laughs> but that was just my dude, you know what I'm saying? And like, and it was completely, he's just a chill ass dude. Took me to his apartment with his like dogs. He was like, <laughs> he had like a bed and a computer nice. and a sofa. Hell I was yeah. like, oh, you can sleep on the sofa. So I slept on the sofa and he slept <laughs> on his bed. I was like, damn, this is weird. <laughs> but it was just, I was like waiting for this dude to molest me the whole Whoa. night. <laughs> but no, you know, but but he just in his heart yeah. had the purest of intentions. Yeah. And so so this ring, this one, is the crew that we started. And he ran the clothing line. So he had like clothes and jewelry and all this stuff. And then I, and, and we did the music, and then he had, like, two or three other friends, and we all did things and did some shows. Uh, so when I came back to China, he was still there. He wasn't doing the music no more. He was just running the clothing line. But he was like, yo, man, you know, I'll put you on. And so he introduced me to some people. I wound up doing, like, monthly shows in Beijing nice. because of his intros. And, like, it was, it was really cool for that two years I was in Beijing. During, you know, the day or at, uh, on Sunday or whatever, I was doing church ministry with international people. And then all my other time was like in these little clubs and in these apartments and in these alleys, like just hanging out with like local Chinese dudes. And that's what made the light go on for me. And I was like, man, all these things that we say we want to do in church, which shout out to churches, you know, but all these things I say I want to do, I'm actually getting done in the music. Yep. You know, I'm on stage in front of a hundred kids. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, having conversations with people who are like got questions or need friends or just want to you know learn more here you know and like in church we're doing good work too but man there's so much to do out there yeah so that was 
distinctly what led me uh, after two years in China to be like, all right, I'm gonna move to LA. And I'm gonna try to do this, you know, for for the community in in the states. Why LA? Uh, it, it definitely like because like um, two reasons. Major reason is this is where you know a lot of Asians is at. Like there's just so much like. You know, I knew that there was only in terms of like Asian culture. If I'm trying to be like a Chinese rapper, it's New York or it's LA. And of the two, New York is just so expensive. It's dirty. It gets it gets really cold. Super it's, small too. Yeah, like it's harder. Like, th- like LA County, bro. <clears throat> fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. It's bigger than some countries. Definitely. A lot of countries. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, and and that's the thing. Like New York, I, I've got friends who live in New York. It's so expensive. And it's so hard to shoot videos there, man. Every inch of that city's on lockdown. And you have to pay a ton, right? Exactly, right? You're trying to get a location. It's impossible. Here you could yeah. just pop Roll off up. a camera. Yeah. You're done. Yeah. But that's the, in, so in New York. It was very logistical yeah. rather than... Yeah. So there was the logistical, and then there was also... Uh, the logistical side of it is I knew L.A. It's a good place to meet, you know, like other creatives. Like New York's got these scenes, but it's hard in New York. You know what I'm saying? Like New York is cold. cold. Yeah. yeah. Like and on so many levels. Yeah. Um, so L.A. I knew was a good place to network. Uh, I also knew as an Asian American, like this is where so much <coughs> Asian American culture is. You know, like ain't no YouTubers living in New York. There's not <laughs> a single like Asian YouTuber living in New York. Well, they're all out here. Wow. You know, <laughs> so I was like, all right. And, and this is the very interesting thing, and this, I think, is directly tied to my parents and the history of our family. I was, I've never shied away from moving away from the familiar. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I know so many people who, for even college, right, they're like, oh, man, I got into this good school, but, you know, it's, it's like eight hours away, and, and I don't know. I just, I Can't love. Can't on the weekends. Yeah, you know, but I was just like, all right, man, yeah, Connecticut. Why not? Like, let's throw Then I was like, ah, oh, yeah, Beijing, man. I've been let's there, go. like, twice, you know, like, yeah. I've been there for two summers. Like, let me go live there, you know? <laughs> L.A. Oh, I hear it's all right. You know, like, I was always very quick to, uh, you know, on a religious level or whatever you want to call it. Like, if I feel like I'm being called somewhere, I feel like this is the right move. Just do it. Like, just do it. Don't worry about bro. it. You got to just follow that intuition. Or my privilege. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like, like, I've, I, like worst come to worst. A little bit both. Just plane flight home. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. Go back to Delaware. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, but, but yeah, so then I, I moved out here for, for those reasons. Um, and, and it's been really cool developing as an artist out here. I love L.A., man. Like, L.A.'s... Like my favorite city, man. This is this is the place to be grounded at. I think for sure. There's yeah. a lot to there's a lot to offer. LA has a lot to offer. Definitely. When did you when did you get Definitely. here? So it was summer 2012. Okay, so five years oh, ago, right? So you got five years. Okay, yeah, five years. Yeah, Damn. yeah. So five years ago, I showed up here, um, and was like, all right, I'm gonna try to do like, and it was crazy. It, now in retrospect, I was like, man, this is crazy because I never, uh, I never made money from my music you know what i'm saying like i, I made like a hundred bucks here and there but i was like oh, i'm gonna do music uh but you know i had like i definitely had my parents support they were like all right you know if you believe in this you know we'll, we'll like support you and i had some people who were like all right we want to see what you're doing so they invested you know i had people investing in me from jump um but it was it was so interesting man like i definitely definitely i had more uh I was definitely running for on optimism for a couple years. You know what I'm saying? Like, there are a couple yeah. years where it's just like, I'm, like, low-key, man, I did not see myself as a rapper. You know what I'm saying? Like, I saw my, I wanted to be one, but I didn't see myself as it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you guys know, like, you, you're all, you know, like, artists and musicians. And, like, 
I I'll say that I wasn't. You know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't. I was just you know I was I was a dude who worked in churches. I was a scholar. You know I was a student. I was a prof- like philosopher. I didn't see myself as a musician. What, for a what was the resistance, years. or what, what was the what was the you just have to grow, was the fear? Just, like, was it a fear? Yeah. I I think um, and this this is something I always uh, tell young Asian Americans. Uh, it was a lack of imagination. Because I didn't know nobody who looked like me, who came from where I came from, who was doing this, you know, like, and, and that's race. That's also just where I come from, you know, like where I come from, nobody, there's literally one dude I know from high school who does music. And he's like a South Asian dude. He's in like the Bollywood circuit, that kind of stuff. But other than him, no one from my high school is doing music on any professional level. Like I got buddies who got bands and they're playing shows, but like everyone else no one's making their living from music from where I come from. And so, or, or you know, and then even, like, from, from Yale, you know, like, I've got friends who've blown up. Uh, one of the dudes in the Pentatonics. Oh, no uh, way. He's, you know, a dude one of the dude, One of them is from SC, too. Oh, word. Yeah. Word. Scott. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, so, uh, so Kevin. Kevin. K.O. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a buddy. Yale. Yeah, that's yeah. right. He's, yeah. like, fluent in. We, we've been in China together. Yeah, what? we spent time in China what? together. What? We did, we did, way too we did small, shows dude. in China together, My man. God. It was crazy. said that, I don't know how many times. It's like this was favorite band. Word, yeah. word. They're, they're crazy. They're, so he's yeah, always... Ridiculous. That's the thing, though. KO, even when he was a freshman, yeah. man, everyone knew he was going to be a star, man. This dude beatboxes. He cello. plays cello. He oh, but he's also brilliant. He's yeah. smart. He's friendly. He's yeah. a good person. You know, so, like, everyone knew he was going to be a star. Everybody knew, you know, Kurt Hugo Schneider and yeah, um, what's and, his uh, name? Sam Shui. Yeah, everybody knew they were going to... You know, like, they were in the acapella world. Yeah. I was... Just, that makes sense. All, all I did at Yale was studied philosophy and went to church. You know what I'm saying? So hung like, out, and hung out in the cafeteria. Where? Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. But in the recording studio. Yeah, but, but that's like that was all. Like I never saw myself as that. You know, and I think that this is the biggest thing for people of color. That like this is the craziness. This is how the trap works. Is it works? You know, once you got the passive uh, oppression going on. You don't even got to do anything. You know, people just carry, carry on the cycles, right? Once once young Asian kids can't imagine themselves as anything other than, like, these things. Or, you know, young Latinx kids can't imagine themselves as nothing other than this. You don't even got to, like, do anything. You just let the wheel keep rolling. You know, and that's what I think it was. Was that for the longest time I had this self-conception uh, of, like, oh... You know, I could, like, like the, for the first two years I was out here, anytime anything, well, there was any hiccup, a month went by without a booking or a professional relationship fell through or a video dropped and it didn't do good, I was always like, oh, man, what am I going to do? And the, it was always like, okay, well, at least I could, you know, like, I'll give it a little, or, you know, I've had a good run, but I should go just be a youth pastor or I should go just... Uh, I should go back to school and I could get a master's degree and a P, you know, or like there was always this sense of like you could run back. And I think if I was any less stubborn than I am, you know what I'm saying? Like there's that, that, that thread. Yeah, that thread has run through my life. If I was any yeah. less willful than I am, like I definitely wouldn't be here talking to you guys. I'd just be like, oh, all right, I guess this is what I should, you know, and like I'd be back in school. Or I'd be like, you know, I don't even Study know. Studying what? What do you think? I'd, de- I'd probably have gone to school. Got like a PhD in sociology or something, and be like, you know, teaching or researching or something like that. Well, let me ask you something, man. You said a word. You said two words mm. that I find very, very interesting. Pa- <laughs> passive oppression. Mm-hmm. Can you talk that about, talk about that a little bit because 
Um, are there oppressors in passive oppression? Are we the oppressors mm. in passive oppression? Where does that come from? Because that's a real thing, dude. Because mm. I personally, um, I, I have a very similar story this year. I haven't seen myself as an artist for a long time either. And right. I'm just breaking into my own artistry. Uh. But you have to tell yourself, like, I, I realized I was an artist until I started telling people I was. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like when people, hey, what do you do? Oh, and then you tell them that other thing you do and you don't tell them that Mm -hmm. you're Mm -hmm. a rapper because are you a rapper kind of thing? Yeah. But then when When did, yeah, when did you start telling people that you were an artist? Yeah, is that, you know? So I've always been good (laughs) at uh, biting off more than I can chew. Like I've always been really good at that. Uh, So like a a minute ago, I was like, oh, I'm a rapper. But like, like, I'm very much a speak it into existence kind of dude. You know, I'm very much like, yeah, so... Um, so I, I was putting it out there, but I wasn't saying it from my chest. You know what I'm saying? Like I was, I was saying it from my mind, mm. you know, I was saying it like, so this is how it's, it worked for me. Even I was like, it was, it was first, it was like, this is what should be like, it was like, oh, this would be good if this existed, right? If who I am today, if he were to exist one day, that would be great. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I could be that guy. And then for two years, it was very theoretical. It was like, there's this vision that I have of this Chinese, you know, of me, basically, but there's this vision I have. I think it would be really good if there was a Chinese guy who was aware of social things and, you know, like aware of gender and aware of race and aware of You're society. You're creating your image. Well, yeah. I would say you found, you found a, a niche where that you, something that mm-hmm. needs to be filled, I guess. You found, you found a space yeah. where you, you didn't see somebody there, you know, you, and you, you created that, that image. Yeah, yeah, from, but from that I, void in I a sense, I created that image, but it was unrealized. You know what I'm saying? It, like, like it, you didn't it believe it like, yourself. It was like pulling the fader up. You know what I'm saying? It was mm. like it was. St- yeah, I didn't believe myself. Okay. I didn't believe myself. Like there was a lot of imposter syndrome. Okay, you know. Yeah. Oh, but you know what? It's yeah. like the fake it till you make it kind of thing. It was. Yeah, bit, I mean, it, it was. Yeah, it was, was going through I'm here now. Yeah, because I'm here now. But did you know that? Did you know that it was a fake till you make it, or were you just like, I'm gonna just keep doing it? Or let me ask you like this: Did you not believe in yourself, or did you not believe yourself? Ooh. Oh, wait a minute. Say that one more time. Yeah, I got to process Did that. Did you not believe in yourself? Like you, you would believe huh. that this would be oh, something yeah. that, that, that you could do? Or did you not believe yourself when you said that you were? Mm. Both. Uh, definitely both. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> in every way, I did not believe. You know what I'm saying? Like, but, but you know yeah. what? You were still trying to create it. And yeah. so you said it and you spoke it out there and you kept trucking. And then uh-huh. it was that like, it's going to happen. I think. <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean, I think this is what you're talking about. Like, the, the fact, the passive oppression that, like, yeah, it was, it was never, I've never had nobody tell me to my face, like, <laughs> you can't do that. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. But it's all been very subtle and it's been very sociological. And where does that come from, dude? Because that happens not even just to artists, that mm-hmm. happens to every, I think that happens mm-hmm. to a lot of people of color mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. just grow up, dude. You're yeah. told this story yeah. over yeah. and over. And what do you do? You end up believing it and living it rather than recreating your own story. So how so how does passive, is that passive? Is it passive sometimes? Is that us? Like what, or what, I mean, I'm, I'm getting a little general, but maybe no, in good. your specific... So uh, so I have this uh, this book that came out in the spring, and, and people can Google it. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, so whoa, I, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> back, it up, back it up, back it up. Okay, hey, okay, Donald wait, knows, okay. Donald okay, first of all, shout yeah. out to the book name. Yeah, yeah. 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 Wait, so, so the book is called uh, Bow, wow. 
I will not. Um, and uh, ooh, ooh, is this yeah. a memoir? Uh, no, so it's, 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 it's uh, he ain't gonna die yeah. yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's the end. I'm done. I'm peaked. I'm not peaked. I'm peaked. Peaked. Like, yeah. I made it. In my memoirs. Uh, b- before yeah. you explain please, it, it's please. really good. Thank you, brother. Thank you. I, 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 it, you read it? Yeah. Oh, nice. Nice. I, yeah, I no, even not, know. not a been, Damn, been down. Been down. That's awesome, bro. Yeah, show him the copy, man. But yeah, yeah thanks, and, man. He, and here's what, what I'm doing. With every uh, person that I'm lending it to, I'm hey. having them uh, write their name and <sighs> kind of make make the, the, the pact that say that I, I will not bow. So the first name on there is my name, Reynaldo, will not bow. My dude, that's nice. Brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah, so we put out this book. Um, we build it as an anthology of Asian American soul and resistance. Nice. And the idea... and, and We, we got to come back and talk about this one of these days. Okay. <laughs> when you come back up from vacation, With your bro, homies, we're yeah. coming we're back. back. We're, yeah, we're, it's perfect. perfect. I'll show it to you guys. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry. I have it at my house. Yeah, Nado been supporting. Been supporting. Um... I just so, didn't know, otherwise that would be. This is the uh, the idea behind it. We were uh, so my my director and I, a buddy and I, we were sitting down at the top of the year. It was like, what do you want to do this next year? And he was like, oh, I want to uh, I want to do some kind of gallery show of my photography. He's been doing a lot of moving images, but he was like, I, I really want to showcase my photography. And I was like, mm, I've been thinking a lot about print as a medium. And we were like, dude. OG. What if we did, like, a book together? What if we did something with, like, your images and my poetry? And initially, I was just thinking zine. You know, 24 pages, mm-hmm. write 10 poems, something. But then we pitched it to our friends who run this magazine uh, called Inheritance Magazine. Um, and they did this thing. And they were like, that's awesome. Like, what if we expanded? And and basically, the idea evolved with them. They weren't interested. Like, at first, we were like, oh, what if we just did, like, a little <coughs> insert in one of your magazines? Mm. But they were like... And basically, the idea blew up to this idea of, like, let's do a book, invite in a bunch of collaborators, and make it this whole thing. But the question was, like, what's – it's we love the format, but what's the topic? And so initially, we were saying, let's talk about uh, white supremacy, right? We don't talk a lot in Asian-American communities about that enough. That's very true. Right? Mm. So we are like, let's hit it head on. But then we are like, man, that's very uh, – That's pretty heavy. It's very heavy, and it's very uh, – it kind of localizes the conversation elsewhere. You know what I'm saying? So we, we were like, we want to do something for uh, Asian American Heritage Month, which is May, you know? And we were like, okay, so maybe, you know, we want to talk about um, the way that Asians tend to assimilate in. You know, a lot of Asian cultures, when they come to America, they're just like, all right, what what works? You know, like, what do we bow to? What do we get down to? Um, so we're like, okay, but... But then Johan and I were sitting down and we were like, all right, where does that come from? And that's not something somebody taught us. That's inherent in our cultures. You know, it's not like it's not like uh, we showed up in America and we were like, no, nah, man, we just going to do our thing. And they were like, nah, screw you guys. Like, you guys need to listen to us. And we fought and there was a major war. No, nah, we just showed up. We were like, all right, what's going on, guys? <laughs> you know, and we were like, damn, like low key. That comes from especially a lot of East Asian cultures, right? The more affluent Asian nations, the ones that colonize others. Uh, that kind of comes from our own culture, where you look into like, and and we even went into like Confucius, you know, like Confucius. Confucianism is basically this whole system that says just listen to the people in charge, and it'll be all right, right? Like Confucianism is this whole structure of like you know kids listen to their parents, parents listen to their bosses, Sages. bosses exactly, bosses yeah. listen to the government, the government listens to the emperor. Like right, right, right. Confucianism has basically been used, I think. For even now, you know, I lived in China and it was like, man, 
um, you just listen to the person above you. They you know, really tweet that. that thing because I, I mm. feel like I, I mean, not to. No, you're going. I wouldn't yeah. know because mm-hmm. I mean, but, I, <laughs> I wouldn't know confusions of yeah. the the little bit I dabbled. Yeah, definitely. Um, that sounds like they, it, it's been heavily manipulated. Yeah, I think so. I think I mean as everything, right? It's just yeah, like as, as every, every single religion, right? Christianity in America yeah, and yeah, everything, yeah. right? Yeah, because it was yeah. originally. I mean, when mm. I it was like the basic concept was sages got it right. Mm. They died. They're basically saints. They know what's up. Mm. Jesus, Mother Teresa, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Follow them, mm-hmm. and then that's what I got from it. But man, but but this is a whole different level of like of obedience Fun. and yeah. yeah, and bowing yeah. down, right? Exactly. So so then we were like, okay. Um, that's exactly it. So that's we were interesting. like, interesting. Before, like, like okay, white supremacy sucks. <laughs> uh, but, you know, but other than that, like. What do you mean when you say a, that? Yeah. What? You, you don't know? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> for, well, hold on. Well, for yeah, our listeners, because some of our listeners will interpret that differently. Okay, true, true, true. And some of our yeah. listeners, mm-hmm. you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So what, what I mean by that is uh, the idea, uh, to me, it's the idea of go along to get along. You know, the idea of like, man, you can't change the world, so you just got to play the game you were given. So does it have anything to do with race or is it more of a concept of following or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think to... Because white supremacy, yeah. it's almost just like a term that it's not even about like white supremacy. It's about just following the the status quo, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think the thing is, you know, like definitely in America... Um, the status quo has been set up in certain ways, right? That like certain things are on top, right? Right. So, right. so to me, white supremacy, also like just just in general, right? It includes male supremacy. It includes straight supremacy. Mm, it includes like yeah. this idea that yeah. this is normal. Some forms of oppression. Yeah. Right. right. And like yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, the white straight male is at top, and exactly. everybody else that's the top of the hierarchy, and everybody else. Right. Is, white straight male. Yeah. And then it's just males. Yeah. And then it's, and it's just. Yeah. Right, right. It goes yeah. down yeah, the line like down. that. Yeah, yeah. And so there's all those weird ways. And, and def- right. I mean, definitely, like, the fact that, you know, in so many places, most of all, including, like, government. Right, You know, of government and media. Yeah. Um, whiteness is normal, right? Like, how, like, you know, uh, white survivors of a hurricane are said to be, you know, like, survivors versus black survivors are said to be looters, you know, scavengers versus looters. Interesting. Um, or like how, uh, you know, I always, Just I thought this was always an interesting example. You know, I did really well on the SATs. But then the thing is, right, like SATs, right, the words that are judged to be uh, high level words or high class words or, you know, words that you deserve to be tested on. They're words that are more commonly used in certain households and not other households. Yeah. You know, like... Uh, and then at the same time, there's words that are used in, like, black households that white people, Asian people wouldn't know. But we're never tested on those. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Because that's not the dominant culture. Exactly. So that's when, so when, I, when I say white supremacy, uh, what I mean is this background understanding that uh, the very unique thing that is white America mm-hmm. is understood to be normal in this country mm. and that's what what i love about america is that there should be no normal you know what i love about like because the thing is I, I think i thought about this a lot living in china you know in china chinese is normal han chinese is normal you right. know and like you could be you know any of you guys can move to china live there your whole lives marry a chinese person have kids like but you never be chinese right mm. but in the u.s and a couple of you know like canada some other place like 
we can be woven into American, right. you know, like we're allowed to be like that's what's really special to me about this country is that like normal is America. Normal isn't white. Normal isn't black. Normal right. is like De- debatable. But or it's supposed to be right. Right. In right. theory, yeah, yeah, in th- well, I mean, we're supposed to all in, be able in certain to become. spaces. Right. There's <laughs> definitely. I mean, if you go to South Carolina <laughs> and a restaurant, like sure, you probably won't <laughs> yeah. fit into that space. Yeah. But if you go to L.A., yeah. You know, or just like in general, I think in America, like we've got yeah. this this. Well, it's, that's what we are. We're melting pot of exactly all these different cultures. Because but, even yeah. white isn't even like Can we white. Use the term or, salad a little, you know. I just yeah, think it's yeah, more yeah. of a salad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we don't really melt into each other. I mean, we all, I mean, we all. Ki- I'm well, sometimes, but then that's, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I know when we have kids, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. We melt. Yeah. <laughs> but um, melt salad melts. <laughs> but then, but so this is the crazy thing, right? I think so. Even more than white supremacy. I think there's this uh, – I think that in some ways Asian cultures are predisposed to just getting ready to bow, you know, getting re- – like, like because of this mm. uh, heritage thing. Mm. And so if we're, if, if, if we're trying to be woke or we're trying to be uh, dignified or we're trying to contribute uh, in any sort of like sense of justice or culture – I think Asian Americans almost before pointing the finger at like white America and saying like, oh, you guys did this to our ancestors. We got to point the finger at us and be like, what is it in us that makes it real easy? You know, like I know so many uh, Asian Americans who are anti-black just off jump because they're already looking for something to look down on. Yeah. You know, they're already trying. Dude, same. Yeah. Yeah. Same story in the Latino culture, bro. Word. Word. I love this kind of racism. Like, for example, <laughs> my dad mm-hmm. has black friends. Yeah. But he doesn't like black people. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. It's pretty I, fucked I up. I, but, I mean, okay, so the book. So, <laughs> yeah. Back to the book. Yeah, so, so this is the whole idea behind it, is this idea of, like, what does it look like for us to not bow in either direction, right? Like, let's not assume that white is right. But let's also not assume that Chinese is right, you know, or Korean or Japanese. And, you know, and I'm very proud. We got uh, people from all over. We got Vietnamese, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, uh, Indian. It's a very diverse book. Yeah, yeah. It's really, like, Asian. Yeah. And we were very conscious, 50-50 male, female, all that, Filipino. Um, and the question to me is, like, how do we really be free? You know, not just how do we, like, because I think that a lot of people, you know, whether artists or not, we we think that, like, the way to be free is to overcompensate, you know? So, like, oh, you know, I don't want to just be white, so I'm, I'm going to go do hip-hop and I'm going to go be black, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> or it's like, oh, man, I don't want to be a stereotype, you know, like, I don't want to be stereotyped, so I'm going to be rich. But then you're just bowing to another master. Yeah, you're just, yeah. Yeah, you're just assimilating yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. Exactly. So To a different yeah. environment, or I don't know, different culture i don't know something. yeah so so what i've been whatever it is by, yeah. yeah is this idea of, of like how do we find this health and this balance by pushing away but not 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 by not by pushing away but by being ourselves right not center mm-hmm. like not centering the agency in something else right mm-hmm. or not allowing them to take over your individuality yeah. Or discovering what that means to right. you. Well, it's it's like as though, like, I think sometimes in the activist conversation, we talk as though if white people just didn't exist, then we'd all be free. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Or yeah. like, or in the it, feminist it, it conversation. Yeah, it you know, sometimes if men didn't exist, right. then everything would be fine. And nah, like, we, 
But that's not the point. It's not the point. The point is to move forward and progress together. Yeah. And like, yeah. you know, shit happened, but how do we, where do we go from now? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, so that's sort of the spirit and the heart behind this book. And that's what I'm trying to do with all my art and all my whole uh, career is like have these very, uh, very philosophical, high level activist conversations in a way that draws people in. You know, the book is just photos, some poems and stories. Like it's not essays, you know what I'm saying? It's not like here's It's not academic down. text. You exactly. gotta be at Yale exactly. to understand. Man, nobody <laughs> should need to be at Yale for anything, you know? Like and this this was a thought I had when I was a kid growing up in the church, man. Like, you know, if God is something that like a five year old can't understand, then that's not God. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Then who is he for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And same, I think like if justice is something that like, you know, some dude who's just some girl who's just living can't desire and be interested in, then it's not justice. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Ah, fuck, dude. We're, we're, <laughs> we're running out of time, <laughs> oh, bro. That's why we have part two. Oh, oh my God. God. I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I guess. Yo, Matt, real quick. Hold on. We got to figure this out. Cause well, I, here, <laughs> I got something. So to wrap it up, dude. Word up, word up. To wrap up kind of Free like. As an artist, um, and as an artist of color, Mm -hmm. and as an artist that wants to bring people together, not just people of color, you know, not just white people, not just whoever, right? You want to bring all these people together. Um, What What's the one thing you like? What is the message that you're trying to tell everyone? Yeah. So I had a this mission statement when I moved to LA, which was, uh, and, and it's been my thing ever since, you know, we talked about this, like, um, speaking hope, healing and justice in a broken world. And, uh, yeah. And that's, that's everything to me, man. (laughs) Yeah. That we can like, right there. (laughs) (laughs) That we can't like, like, uh, and then another, another phrase actually that I got that, that is my like life phrase is, uh, fear is easy, but hope is real. Like, to me, that's, like, the message of everything, like, I ever do, is that, like, it's easy to give in to fear, you know? And you're not wrong to. Like, it's easy. It's easy. But hope is possible. And if you hold on to it, it becomes tangible, you know? Just, like, this whole music thing, man. Like, I was such a shitty artist for so long. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was just not good on stage, man. That shit was not fun for people. Hi, guys. My name is Jason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have a few songs for you guys. <laughs> oh, no, no. See, the thing is, I was always very confident and lively. The music was not always, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, yo, guys, how y'all doing? And then this always, you know, very boring. Um, but, you know, like, you hold on to hope and it yeah. becomes real. And you got you to gotta hold on to that thing, though. And, and I think that that's everything, man. Like, I think that you know, jealousy and misogyny and racism and oppression and everything that comes from people, uh, it comes out of fear, you it know, does. Men, it really does. men fearing being hurt or women fearing men or, you know, poor people yeah. being afraid. Or fearing of change. Poor. You got to compensate change. for it, man. You got to. Exactly. Yeah. You're fearing. Yeah. You're fearing yeah. the unknown. Yeah. It's, you it's, just don't know. It's exactly what Naldo said. That survival mentality. You know, when you're in survival mode, Bringing it back. Everyone else dies. You know, when you're in survival mode, Damn. nothing else matters. Like, Damn. you can't, there's no justice in survival mode. It's just survival. Yeah, survival. You know, and that, yes. and I think that messes up so many of our people that it was like they had to, like, I've got a buddy who, you know, his dad uh, swam to Hong Kong from the mainland of China Fuck. to escape the communists. And, like, he Jesus swam with two Christ. friends, and one of those friends didn't make the swim. You know what I'm saying? Like, Jesus. when you go through that, 
everything, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like everything else is crazy. Like when you've had to like, you know, when you've been in a country that's had a civil war or a genocide or landmines, you can't, there's just so much human decency that was withheld from you. It's hard it's to go back so, to hope. It's hard to go back. Yeah. yeah. But then that's the like most insidious thing I think about like evil is that it breaks the people that it hurts. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not just like right, I'm gonna punch you once and I'm gonna go. It's like I'm gonna like fester in you. You hold on to that, dude. Yeah. So I think for me the big message and the big desire behind my art is to help people let go of things. And but not in that way of being like, oh man, just get over it. But in that way of being like, this is real. So yeah, this, yeah. You know, you know how, how do we do that? Let him finish. Sorry, I'm just so like into it, man. How do I not do that? that? Yeah, it reminds me of of, of, mm-hmm. uh, of, a, of a lyric: "Give in to love or live in fear." Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I think that's exactly like to me the answer. All right, so right, I said like, so I've got this song that I end all my concerts with, and it's called "Free." And I intro it by saying, I say, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about empowerment as though empowerment is the solution. But I really don't think it is because I see people with power all the time and they're just as trapped as anyone else. Uh, I think the answer, we got to stop thinking that power in any of its forms uh, is the end game. We got to start living as though freedom is the end game, right? And freedom and and you achieve that in so many levels, and that's a lifelong, con- you know, a lifelong uh, search. But freedom, spiritually and and emotionally and mentally and physically, and and financially and all these ways, as we search out freedom and find ways to make freedom sustainable, we don't need power. We need freedom. We don't want to give other people power. Like power is useful as a means to freedom, but we got to stop seeing power as 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 the end of the race. We need to take a break. (laughs) (laughs) We are. are. Hey guys, if you haven't already done so, make sure to follow us on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app or Google Play Music or Stitcher, which we're now officially on, and rate us five stars. That's five stars, please. We want to make sure that we can keep coming back and bringing you this awesome content. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Talk. And on Twitter at PocTalk1. That's PocTalk with the number one. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, or you just want to throw some shade at one of our panelists, you can write us at PocTalkPod at gmail.com or visit our website at PocTalkPod.com. Thank you for joining us and see you next time on PocTalk. <laughs>